to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back here on the block. Once again, a reminder that Strick is uh, he's down in Summer League. He's down in Vegas, so he's uh, doing some scouting of his own. Also some business down there, so uh, we'll see if he's available to stop in at any point today. But uh, don't worry, we still got your basketball fix for you because we have Robin Washington of On3 Sports joining us now. Robin, how are you doing today? Doing all right. How are you? Oh, not too bad. It's uh, it's good to hear from you, and I know you've got some some news for us because uh, Mr. Hoiberg had a press conference today. What was your biggest takeaway from that? Oh, um, obviously he addressed the Armand Gates situation um, that broke on Friday. Uh, I guess the biggest takeaway was that it wasn't anything that caught him like completely off guard. That. Um, he had been in conversations with Oregon head coach Dana Altman for you know just about a month. So um, you know there was an open line of uh, communication from both parties there that um, this wasn't something that just kind of popped up out of nowhere. So um, they've already hit the ground running in their coaching search. Uh, you know, I guess the good news is that it wasn't too long ago that uh, Fred had to do this exact same process before uh, when they. Uh, replaced Matt Abdelmasi eventually with uh, Adam Howard. So I'm guessing he's got a you know pretty good list of guys that he was going to already go after that, um, you know, the calls are being made, kind of looking into backgrounds on, on certain guys and going over it with the current staff. So um, they're, they're already uh, putting the wheels in motion on filling that role on the staff. But it's interesting that, you know, they're not going to, like, rush – this decision like it's not something that i mean the timing is not good uh there's no way to paint that whenever a coach leaves in july right before uh you know official practices start in august and right in the middle of the um peak uh, of the recruiting calendar that's that's a tough deal um but they're not gonna just take a guy just to fill the spot as quickly as possible they're gonna try to find the right coach who fits what they want to do and have checks all the boxes of what they're looking for um, so even if that means um, you know missing the second of the two major July live evaluation periods, the first one was this past weekend. Uh, the next one is in a couple weeks. Um, if if they still haven't got a guy uh, hired by them and they're willing to just kind of make do and um, you know, have other staff members uh, you know pick up the slack there, so they're going to take their time with it. But I would imagine you know probably by the end of the month you would think. Uh, there would probably be some movement on hiring a coach just because, I mean, the, the season is so close uh, to getting rolling here. And um, like I said, fall practices here start uh, not too not too far away. So uh, we'll see kind of what they do with there. But um, as far as what they're looking for, you know, he said they wanted a well-rounded coach. Um, I'm sure that they will prioritize some on-court instruction, particularly uh, maybe with guards, because um, that's what Armand Gates kind of specialized in um, he was the kind of primarily backcourt on court instructor uh, for them so that's probably one area they're going to look to try to fill but also um, you know they, they need some more uh, pop on the recruiting front um, you know with this full staff uh, strategy now that they're taking with uh, everybody having more of a say with recruiting um, having someone with some legitimate recruiting chops or at least some uh, built-in relationships and connections 
um, that Nebraska can take advantage of right away, uh, I think is going to be a top priority. So that's the type of coach that I would anticipate them going after. And um, like I said, while they're not going to rush this decision, I don't think it's anything that they're going to unnecessarily draw out, especially uh, the fact that, you know, it was back in April that um, Fred was going through this exact same process. So I'm sure he has a pretty good idea of guys he wants to target. It's just a matter of how quickly uh, they can get it finalized and, and get that staff completed again. Uh, Robin, why do you think that Armand Gates was able to kind of avoid the, uh, I guess, you know, kind of the pressure from the outside that, that kind of was on Sadler and Matt Aftomas, even though Sadler had a different role even last year, um, from the assistants when it was kind of obvious that there was going to be needed uh, to me have some changes made? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, my answer would be uh, Abdel Masi got criticism because he was primarily in charge of the construction of the roster and recruiting. Um, so, you know, if you want to look at the talent or lack thereof at certain spots, uh, he was the first guy to, to point the finger at. Um, when you look at, uh, you know, when, when Doc was a full-time assistant and even when uh, he got moved to special advisor, you know, he still had a decent amount of influence on the defense and defensive game planning. And so when Nebraska's defense wasn't good, um, you know, he was the easy guy to point the blame at there. Um, and then when the offense struggled, it's, it's Fred's offense. It's his system. So, um, you know, he kind of shouldered the blame on that end. So Amon was just kind of a, I don't know, he kind of did a little bit of everything. Um, I mean, he did do opponent scouting, um, but, you know, when you look at kind of the three areas, roster, offense, defense, um, there was always other guys that kind of were, were the faces of those respective areas. So that's that's probably why he kind of, I won't say got to get a pass, but uh, wasn't talked about as much as some of those other guys. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I was kind of wondering that. Um, also coming kind of, I mean, out of the press conference today, Derek Walker was able uh, to talk to the media. What did you take away from Derek Walker as part of, of, of his uh, media interaction? Um, you know, kind of the, the same old with Derek. Uh, he's the, the grandpa. That's his nickname on the team. <laughs> he fully embraces that. 24-year-old grandpa talking. <laughs> funny, he was like, like talking about how young kids are. He's like, we got kids that were born in 2003. I was born in 97. I'm like, all right, Derek, I was born in 83. You're basically <laughs> next, one step away from death here. So, no, but uh, that's. You know, Derek's uh, one of the faces of the program and has been for the last couple of years. And um, I thought the most interesting thing that he talked about was uh, just how the number of voices as far as leadership goes that they have on the roster now and the number of players that are willing to speak up and say the things that need to be said whether it be during workouts or, um, you know, encouraging younger guys or teaching, um, you know, younger guys off to the side. Uh, there's more guys that are doing that than he's been a part of since he's been in Nebraska. And that's been one of the biggest areas where um, Nebraska's really struggled is just with their, their leader, leadership, particularly vocal leadership, to where a lot of guys just haven't been comfortable taking on that role of, uh, the player that's going to step up, put his foot down, and say, you know, this is how we're going to do things, um, and not just lead by example, but make sure everybody else is doing what they're supposed to be doing as well. So um, Derek's one of them, Sam Greasel, Juwan Gary, Emmanuel Bandemel, uh Those are all guys that have kind of taken on and embraced that vocal leadership role. And, you know, he said there's been previous years where 
Uh, you know, he felt like he was the only guy out there talking. Well, that's definitely not the case now. Um, they've got a lot of different guys that um, are not just talking, but they're all saying the same things and delivering a consistent message. And uh, I think that's going to be extremely valuable, especially for these younger players coming up, um, you know, the, especially the new guys that are getting their first taste of college ball, to have leaders like that kind of show them the ropes and be with them every step of the way. You know, that's something that Nebraska just hasn't had nearly enough of over the last few years. Robin, kind of going off of that, this might be a pretty subjective question and open-ended, but the past three seasons with Hoiberg have looked pretty similar, and the record has shown that that's kind of the case. What's just the overall feel that, you, that you've been around this program, you've been around the players? Does this feel like Nebraska could actually take the next step this season? You know, I mean, they're trying something different. So at least there's that. Uh, they're going about it differently with uh, the way they've built this roster, um, with the way that their responsibilities within the coaching staff, uh, with some of the things they're prioritizing schematically. Um, you know, rebounding and defense are now being uh, emphasized probably more than, than ever, and I'm sure that's music to a lot of Nebraska fans' ears. Um, they've, like I said, reshaped their roster to where there's finally front court depth. You know, they, they have more than just the 6'8 center uh, to go, go up against the, the bodies of the Big Ten. You know, they have multiple guys that uh, can play the four or the five um, that will give them just, uh, you know, not only just more height and length, but um, some depth to get more creative with their lineup and give guys different roles. So, um, and then they've got, uh, you know, more of an emphasis on uh, defense. They're changing the way they're playing defense. They're going to go to more of a, uh, um, you know, matchup zone type of scheme uh, on, with Adam Howard's influence. Um, so, you know, they're going to do some different things, which, I mean, you know, the old saying is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So they're at least changing up the, the formula, and maybe that results in a change in uh, the production that we've seen on the court. But they had to do something. I mean, if they would have just continued to go status quo, um, it's hard to have any sense that, anything would get better. So at least now they're trying some different things. And I think more importantly, they're getting in the right types of players and people in their locker room. Like I said, I just talked about how many guys um, you know, are willing leaders and, and vocal leaders you know, already in the first month of summer workouts. Um, you know, I think that's going to go a long way into making this group more prepared or at least better prepared to handle adversity than some of these other teams where, you know, as soon as things didn't go their way, they had a tendency to completely fall apart. So, you know, those things would seem to put Nebraska in a, in a position to, you know, potentially uh, take a step forward. But, you know, again, they've, they've got a lot of work to do. It's still a lot of new pieces that they're trying to figure out and how to work together. And now you're trying to find a, a new assistant coach in July, you know, so there's, there's just a lot of things that, um, Hoiberg and, and this program we're going to have to work through over the next few months. But, you know, at least to their credit, they're, they're getting out of their comfort zone, trying different things and, and, and hoping that um, by taking a new approach, they can create a spark to get this thing going. He's Robin Walshit of On3 Sports. And, Robin, one last question for you. It's a yearly tradition for us to pester you with this question during the summer months. But what, what do you think the starting lineup looks like? Well, right now, my best guess, would be Sam Griesel, Manuel Bandamel, C.J. Wilcher, 
Juwan Gary, and um, Derek Walker. Uh, but, you know, Wilhelm Breidenbach was just cleared for uh, live action for the first time. I mean, like basically full green light for the first time since uh, that knee injury he suffered uh, last season. So he could potentially have a say in that starting five. Um, Blaze Kata could have a say in that starting five where, you know, maybe he's he's the center and Derek Walker moves up to, uh, you know, the more of a four uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of different combinations that still are very feasible. But right now, Greasel, Bandamel, um, uh, Wiltshire, Gary, and Walker are the five I'm going with as of July 12th. <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll continue to ask you that down the line and see if it changes. And, of course, the lineups changed throughout the year last year. So even if you predicted the beginning of it, I don't know how much it mattered. But uh, we'd like to ask you that question. So we'll continue to do that. Thanks again, Robin, for joining us today. Yep, no problem. Thanks, Bob. All right, there he goes. Robin Washett of On3 Sports. Always great to catch up with him and uh, kind of catch up on the Husker basketball team. I, I'll say it every time. It, uh, every day with Husker basketball is better than a day without it, even though <laughs> they're generally not very good. Are you sure about that? History. Oh, I'm, I'm damn sure. I All love right. Husker basketball. I know you so do, So any Bob. chance to talk about it, I will take. And they had that uh, they had that press conference today. Cool stuff coming out of that. Again, if you uh, haven't seen that, sounds like the leadership is uh, taking a step up. Um, and uh, throughout, they got to find another coach. So we'll kind of see. Follow that along as Nebraska basketball, uh, like Robin said, takes a different path toward hopefully finally turning the corner this year. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we will give out $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Strick isn't here, so we probably can't do a shootout with Strick, but we'll find out a way. So you're not going to leave. You could win chicken. Coming up next year on the on the block here on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs>